Okay. All right. Natchcast. Hey, I'm ready. Natchcast. Uh, Natchcast forty four zero four four. Mm-hmm. Our thanks to uh, to Robert Loja for giving us the intro to the last episode. Well, I haven't Even heard that yet. He's dead. I, I didn't know he was dead. When I I can't wait to hear that. You haven't even listened? Nope. What kind of super fan are you? <laughs> well, just it just dropped. That's true. I, yeah, it's the holidays. It's brand new. How, how have your holidays been up on the mountain? Oh, man. Tons of snow. And uh, we shoveled it all out. We're ready to go. You mean you were snowed in? <laughs> Is that part of the reason you're up there for a whole week? It's snowed in. Yeah, we're up here for the whole week. No, it was just a lot of snow. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's captivating. So you had a nice. It's beautiful. We're gonna do. I did some cross country skiing, like a sixty year old man. There you go. Were you shirtless? Felt good. My, no, I wasn't shirtless. Yeah. It was a. Hey, my kids are. YMCA my kids park. are fascinated with your Christmas card. The Brushmeyer oh. holiday card this year is. Uh, I think it was inspired by. That photo we caught of you swimming at the rec center. Because you are shirtless in tiny Speedos in the snow. What photo? What photo of me at the rec center? The one we posted on the Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you got the Isogenics uh, Speedo shorts on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in much better shape then, but I feel it. Yeah. That's a dad bod Christmas card right there. Something Getting else. Getting lots of comments on that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a real conversation piece. <laughs> no Just, no holds barred. Putting it all out there. I, hey, I admire it. I, I was impressed. Oh, thanks. Other members of the family were kind of like, what is he doing? It's like, he is <laughs> he's owning it. That's what's happening right there. <laughs> that was Jenny's idea, so... It was her oh, idea, so she maybe claim and blame. Was, did the idea come after we snapped that nab that uh, photo of you at the rec center? Uh, yeah, sure, sure it did. You cut out there a little bit, but uh, uh, I said, "Yeah, sure, sure it did." I think it probably did. I think that that spurred something. Now it didn't inside of her. She's like, "I want to see more shirtless Mark," which we all want to see more shirtless Mark. So, uh, so Skype like... episode, episode 44. Yep. Delay, audio mishaps, textbook, Natchcast. Uh, touch, textbook, uh, like textbook holiday Natchcast, let's say. You know? Yeah, when, that's true. When forces are conspiring the, yeah, yeah, yeah. against our professional uh, aesthetics. You're up in Tavernash. Right. You're at home. I'm sitting on You're the floor at home in, in the my basement. bedroom. I'm in my bedroom. Some sweaty, some sweaty Lululemon. You got your, uh, yeah, did you do some karate this morning? I've done, so I did some Wailana, quite a bit of Wailana, and then I've just been stretching periodically. My back is a little sore. Not Ooh. totally certain. I think it's just like muscle soreness, you know, because I've been, I've been going after it yoga-wise, maybe a little too on hard. What? You know what I mean? Oh, yoga. Yeah. Yeah, don't, yeah, take it easy. What are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh-huh. So, so you had a successful holiday. It was merry. <laughs> yes, I did. Mirthful. And besides um, the conversation pieces around my torso, everything was fine there as well? Okay. That was a question. Oh, everything was fine here? Yeah, it was, it was a hectic holiday season. I'm not going to lie. 
Uh, it was joyous, uh, but Nicole's grandmother uh, passed away on the 27th. Oh. And so she was sick over the holiday. We saw her on Christmas Eve. Um, she was in her 80s. And we kind of knew that, uh, you know, she wasn't the most active person, but she was the most loving and delightful person, I think, that I've ever known. Oh. She, she oh. derived so much joy out of the smallest things in life. You know what made her happiest? She came to our house on Thanksgiving this year, and I've had Thanksgiving with Christmas her before. Card. And I know oh. that the thing that she likes best is the turkey tail, the tail of the turkey. The so I always tail. save that for what? her. So just seeing her, I set her plate down. It had She doesn't eat much, so it had a little bit of mashed potatoes, a little bit of stuffing, and then this turkey tail sitting on the plate. Uh, what it, she just I don't understand up. the tail. What is the tail? There's meat in the tail? Yeah, it's like a nice, meaty, fatty piece of food. Always her favorite. So well, did you show her the Christmas card or not? Did what? Did I show her the Christmas card? <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to make a, poor, a joke in poor taste, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. No, Mark. Uh, <laughs> what, did when she, we, what did she think of the Christmas card? When we card? went to visit her in hospice, we did not bring your Christmas card. Excuse me, holiday card. <laughs> holiday. Yeah, no. But uh, so that that was sad. And it's been intense. It is sad. But How's Nicole? She's doing okay. She's sad. but And Elias was really sad. She was just literally like the most loving, accepting, sweetest person. And she really did. Hmm. She could extract joy out of anything. And all she really liked, like family was the most important thing to her. And she got to see all her kids before she died. And they were all getting along. And so she died at peace. She said she was ready. And how many of us get that? How many of us get a podcast eulogy? Uh, well, a small number, I'm sure. Probably but uh, Irma, I love you. You will be missed. See you on the other side. Episode perhaps. 44, dedicated to Irma. Yes, to maybe Irma. She doesn't want, maybe she doesn't want this one. <laughs> what? Maybe she doesn't want this one. She might not. Well, well you, know, you know who else passed away too then a few days later? <laughs> Lemmy from Motorhead. Yep, we could we could shout out, yeah. Another Titan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robert Loggia. No, well, Robert Loggia died earlier this month. I just didn't realize that when I did a, a Robert Loggia impression. So maybe it seemed a little callous, but a, again, just a tribute to a, a Goliath talent. And you know what else we should tribute? What's that? The year end of Neil Gottlieb's quest to pick up pennies off of dirty streets. Oh, that's right. He gave us a total, didn't he? He's been doing it. So Neil Gottlieb, proprietor of uh, Three Twins Ice Cream. Hashtag I pick up pennies because he's not afraid. Nope. And so he's boarding a plane to uh, Lesbos to aid refugees. And he's got like a bunch of duffel bags full of donated clothing. Here's the last tweet we've heard from him. 12 cents in the shit show that is LAX. At TSA, $40.39 year-to-date findings. Hashtag I pick up pennies. Is this the end? That's pretty good. It's 40 you know? bucks that guy made just by picking up spare change. Yeah, that's dinner for you and a buddy. So think of it that way. Uh, and also, uh, just to bring it back to Lemmy, I realized that I have a uh, recording the band that I was in in Chicago, we were called the Black Velvet Band. 
we used to do oh, a right, live you horn. Didn't you play horn? I played horn, yes. And uh, and we used to do a live cover of Ace of Spades, the Motorhead classic. Our drummer Matt Melvin would sing it. He had a he did a pretty good. I don't know if it was a Lemmy impression, but he had that like kind of. Uh, and anyway, I'll, I'll put it at the end of this episode. But there, there's a there's a lyric in there that's nice. Uh, he sings, and it, it's all the music drops away at this point in the song for the most part. You know, I'm born to lose, and gambling's for fools. But that's the way I like it, baby. I don't want to live forever. And don't forget the Joker. So there you go. You have the recording of the Black Velvet Band doing this. Uh, yeah, Tyler Sullivan, the guitar player. Just uh, earlier huh. this year, unearthed an, uh, a live recording of us playing at a, a venue in Chicago called Hoghead McDonough's. <laughs> yeah. Classic play. You know yeah. how many people have got their start there? Countless. Yeah, I remember it being an, like an early evening gig, too. Um, and, and I'm sure we were, like managed to get drunk before we played because kind of, that was kind of our MO and helped us get into this zone. Oh. But uh, you'll hear, we were loud. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Yeah, I kind of just want to power through this episode just to get to that track. Let's do it. It's there. I've loaded it into the GarageBand file already because I knew can, you would want to hear it. Can I get it. a taste of it now or no? Nope. You got to wait. All so right, sorry about that. But I think uh, so we've I got, so got I, another I, piece of business here, right, that uh, yeah. could give us a chance to introduce a new audio cue, mayhaps. That's why I put it in here. Oh, I figured. The home crisper. <gasps> that was cute creepy. Right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, super creepy. Yeah, so about uh, half the price you know. of a MacBook, you can get your own little home DNA restructuring kit, right? You can make E. coli that glows. Make what? E. coli that glows. Did you not read no. the article? E. coli? I'm pretty sure that's what it says. I think you're talking about E. coli. That's what I said, E. coli. Who gets that wrong? Who gets E. coli wrong? Nobody. E. One coli. person, the one that I have to do a podcast with. Amino, a complete starter kit for folks who want to get in on the bioengineering game, starts at 700 bucks. includes everything you'll need to bend DNA to your will. Whew. Do some kinky shit with DNA. With your E. coli. Uh, it's E. coli. Ah, uh, yeah. I, well, I, I really just threw this in there because, one, I was like, wow. Two, that's kind of a big deal if you can normalize biotech and DN, manipulating DNA. If you can give it to somebody in a cool little MacBook kit. A home kit. It, that's like yeah, 700 seem, bucks. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of it kind of bolsters the cause for... <laughs> tinkering around with stuff but mainly I just, I just wanted to hear that sound cue let's let's do it one more time well actually let's do this because uh i mean this just proves that food tech <laughs> is uh is further along than perhaps we even anticipated you bet your ass right well we've anticipated it we know i meant the i meant the general population not these yeah. two incisive minds okay no, it's sort of, you know, the, the podcast that began is uh, trying to understand natural food quickly decided we understood that and moved on to food tech. That's right. There's right. only so much to understand in natural food. 
And I'm so referring to this Google Doc. I, I Google Doc. I see a quote here. I don't know what to do with under the CRISPR. And what does it say? Could you read it for it's, us? Well, it says frothingly real. Yep, which is uh, a line from this article. And I know you love the word froth. So I just I put that for you. Uh, I'll read the passage if you like. Yeah, sure. In the same way that mixing baking soda and vinegar suddenly makes chemistry dramatically frothingly real. Oh, that's... Amino oh, that's... has the potential to bring biotech out of the abstract. There we go. Way to overwrite that one. Frothingly real. Technology review. Well, yeah. Huh. Well, you know, for uh, this is a short piece, but it is in the first person. I mean, it's kind of a it's a personal essay. Owned it. Part. He owned it like he was shirtless on a holiday card. Yep. Yep. Following the brush method. <laughs> so, so be the bees, huh? First official story: Virginia will pay you to take up beekeeping. Todd Carrillo. Some local news station from, from 2013. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that. This, this program has probably already been defunded. Uh, there, there is conjecture that maybe there's not any money left. Yes. But it was a good idea back then. <laughs> Still, it was a great idea. This is the problem with social media. I think I found this from, I don't know, I think Robin O'Brien tweeted it out. Food Awakenings. Hat tip, Food Awakenings. Oh, I, I get follow, it. I was like, oh, yeah, look at this. Good for you, Virginia. Oh, wait a minute. That <laughs> happened three years ago. In 2012, the Virginia General Assembly created the Beehive Grant Fund to promote the establishment of new beehives. Under the program, people can apply for a grant from the fund to cover the cost of purchasing a new hive or materials to construct the new hive. The grant will pay for the actual expenses incurred up to $200 per hive, not exceeding $2,400 per person per year. Wow. That's a nice Get on chunk that of if coin. you can. Maybe you can't, but why not? That should yeah, be a should... nationally mandated program. I know? agree. Because th- if we had just bees everywhere, we might stand a chance. You wouldn't. What, what, what's that mean? I'm not allergic Remember to bees. Remember your robo-bee, your, the bee you kept trying to like just torture and kill, and then it came back and stung you in the back of the neck? Uh, uh, long-time listeners will remember that that was actually a wasp, Mark. <laughs> All right, sorry. There is a uh, wasp hive grant fund. You can also apply 300 per hive. Well, maybe I'll get, oh, here's what I'll do. I'll start my own wasp hive, then I'll pick up an amino kit, and then I really will genetically engineer truly undead wasps. They there can, you go. They can fake their own deaths. They can lie dormant, uh, you know, under a piece of bark or whatever for like a month, and then all of a sudden jolt back to life. Kind of uh, stagger yeah, over to you and then sting the shit out of your neck. Well, you need to control that. You need to come up with whatever the trigger is. Like maybe it's a some sort of smelling salt or a little spritz of uh, cumin water. And that yeah, or it, it could just be triggered by uh, a human pheromone that's related to cockiness. Yeah, but you want to own it. You want that wasp to be, to be dead until you decide to bring it back. No, it's not about me. It's just about the wasp. Tiny balls of new meats. Here are the meatballs of the future, Kate Yoder says, grist.org. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I need to, every time I hear grist.org, I feel like I need to go floss. <coughs> A creative team from Space 10, IKEA's independently run innovation lab in Copenhagen, explored the future of food in an art project called Tomorrow's Meatball. 
which features an array of meatball-inspired spears made from viable protein alternatives. Yet another example of how on the ball we are. Are we? We picked all, we've talked about all of these. We know these. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know about the wonderful waste. Well, no, waste ball, that's uglies. Yeah, we we know about the food, the scourge of food waste. We've we've covered that. The mighty powder ball is basically a soylent ball. Mm Mm-hmm. The crispy bug ball. Been there. Yeah. The artificial meatball. Lab-grown meat. meat. Tyson's. Wait, wait a minute. Tyson's tubes. tube steaks. Tyson's Tyson's tube. No, singular. Tyson's tube steak. Trademark. Yes. <laughs> haven't yeah. haven't uh, haven't visited with Tyson's tube steak in quite a while. <laughs> what do you mean? You just saw Tyson's tube steak <laughs> moments ago before we had to kill the video feed. <laughs> not, not true. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Behind the scenes, that's in the blooper reel. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There it came up. There's the video. Oh, Josh, come on. All so right. you know what, though? It's nice that uh, Grist and Ikea are both listening to the podcast to stay current themselves. So it's just an affirmation for us that uh, what we're doing is making an impact, Mark. Well, thank. I think you're right about that. Yeah. I certainly feel it. I think uh, Kav Poor, Kav Poor, creative director at Space 10. Yeah, I mean, we haven't emailed in a while, but he clearly is listening. Or she. Yeah. Kate Yoder, she's a fan. <laughs> she's on the waiting list already. She wants one of those uh, Snowflake or, and or Stardust t-shirts. Well, she's also on, yeah, and the newsletter. She's trying to get on that. We're, we're capped out. Somebody has to leave before. <laughs> you got too many yeah. subscribers. <laughs> too many but when subscribers. someone drops off, we'll make room for you, Kate. Kate, I think you're about 15th in line. It won't yeah. be long. No, not at all. Especially with your, I mean, you're cutting edge, so we might even bump you up. Newsletter people know exactly what I'm looking at right now with this Google Doc. Only they can get to it. Only way. Subscribe to the newsletter. Head on over to Natch.is. Yeah. Where is it? Newsletter icons galore. No, I don't know where it is. It's on the show It's at the bottom of the page. You go to the show page. Is it at the bottom of the page? Yeah, there's a little envelope, I think. No, that's an email address. There's some icon for a newsletter. Go to the show page. I know it's there. You don't have to be a super sleuth. It's fine. You'll find it. Monsanto's favorite teenage schoolgirl. Documents reveal Canadian teenager target of GMO lobby by Alison Vuchnich. Vuchnich? Vuchnich? Vuchnich. Of globalnews.ca. I don't know if it's because it's Canada or maybe the name... You, have you? I've been watching this uh, Netflix documentary on um, making a murderer. I've heard about that. Ooh, check it out, buddy. Woo! Yeah, it was profiled uh, briefly in People magazine. It's intense. Which I Holy read on macro. the regular. You should check. You should watch it. Okay. Ten, ten episodes, about an hour each, but it's uh, riveting, and it's like a it's like a ping pong match. You don't know what to think or what to feel. Whew. Emotional roller coaster, huh? Uh-huh. The, the, the highs and the lows of the criminal justice system. Uh, I, I just, I watched a movie today, just today. Congratulations. The Lady from Shanghai, Orson Welles, Rita Hayworth. Fantastic piece of noir. Check it out. Piece of noir? Yeah, it's film noir, femme fatale. 
all that good stuff. P- oh, piece of noir. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's got Orson yeah. Welles doing an Irish brogue. It's kind of hilarious. Oh. Let's and hear it. I can't do an impression of Orson Welles doing an Irish brogue, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, something tells me you're going to try. I might save that for next episode. But it also, uh, they borrowed Errol Flynn's yacht because uh, oh, the first third of the movie is on a yacht and there's a dachshund running around and it's Errol Flynn's dachshund. 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 Dachshund, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to recommend the movie to Dave. Carney, Natch Rancher, and Tanya, his wife, because they have a dachund, and they both love Irish things, so I think they'd get a kick out of it. And it's a spectacular movie. Mm. It's very bizarre. It takes lots of the, – the villains are super odd. How would we watch this if we wanted to watch it? Uh, you'd have to go to the Park Hill Branch uh, Library and check it out on DVD. Or okay. I don't know if you can – you could probably stream it somewhere. Fuck, I don't know. I've been getting about 90% of my movies from the Park Hill Library. They have a lot of wonderful classics. Oh, so I've been digging back into the oldies. I'm also watching Wages of Fear, which is a good one, with Yves Montand. Uh, good. Catching up on your Faces of Death. Faces of Death? Oh, wait a minute. Is that? Yeah, that was the name of it, wasn't it? Faces of Death, like though that slash kill. Like yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. Semi... Semi-real scenes of people dying. I never watched it. Why would you think I'm watching Faces of Death? I said Wages of Fear. It reminded me of it. (laughs) It's a classic potboiler from the 50s, Mark. There was a discussion this morning about KidsRightToKnow.com, the junk information site piloted by Rachel Parent as a figurehead. Kevin Folta wrote in an email to a Ketchum employee, Boy, we got to unpack this already, don't we? Today, I purchased kidsrighttotruth.com and want to populate this. I have no time, but I have an idea. I can provide content. Wow. That came in way out of context after my lady from Shanghai died. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you don't even know who these who – who are you even talking – I know who you're talking about, but the, the listeners are not going to know who the fuck you're talking about, man. Rachel Parent is a Canadian teenager. 14-year-old who, girl. Uh, Anti-GMO activist. She she's all about labeling. She's speaking to the youth for the youth on behalf of healthy, safe food. Kevin Folta is a researcher, University of Florida, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Tell me yeah. yeah. He became um, sort of the laughing stock, lightning rod, laughing stock um, for sanctioned research by Monsanto to talk about the benefits and wonders of GMO. Yes, comfortably accepted Monhan- Monsanto's ungloved hand. You know, up Ooh. in soft opening. Good Lord. Ketchum is a big, giant PR firm, clearly hired to further the, the uh, message of biotechnology types. There Ketch- you go. I unpacked it. Wait, Ketchum, it's- is Ketchum a PR company just for the food industry? Is that why they're like... No, no, they're big. They're big. They're it's global, like, national. It's like ketchup. Yeah, like, yeah, they just catch up. Came out of the ketchup. <laughs> The clients are uh, Monsanto and Heinz. That's, that's it. So, so Kids Right to Know is Rachel Parent's site. Mm-hmm. And so she's a 14-year-old girl. Kevin Folt is a grown-ass man, right? Yep. <laughs> he gets, so one, they had this – I think they had a site that came out of Ketchum and this, it was like, oh, we need to address people's desire to understand this better. And it was called GMO Answers, I believe, was the name of the website. And you could go in there and ask questions, and people like Kevin would answer them for you. So apparently, 
somebody asked a question like, how do you respond to Rachel Parent? And he did a little video, but then later on, he had this genius light bulb go off in his head and he bought kidsrighttotruth.com and he wants to populate it but has no time. But yeah. he can and now he's content. gone dark, right, on social media? He has. He's, well, he's been scolded. Rather than wear the ass hat? <laughs> Rather than wear Running the out of the hat. spotlight? <laughs> he has stopped his blogging and curtailed his social media activity. Perhaps a good idea. Yeah. But living in the modern era, uh, it'll all be forgotten in a, in a month or so, and he can probably resume his post. It is fascinating, though, right, that, that once you've got the vested power and the money to do it, you, you are aware of everything that's going on, and you are strategize, strategizing ways to respond to it, even 14-year-old girls in Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And you know what's funny? This story reminded me, too, that uh, when we – uh, I don't know if it was in our uh, conversation, podcast conversation with Spencer Monsanto Kills Hamilton. Uh, I think it happened in the conversation I had with him that we transcribed for the site. But he uh, – I asked him still if he there. thought Monsanto – if he ever hears go, from Monsanto, you know. Go to the blog. Still there. Yeah, I yeah. do remember that. And, he's, and he was like, no, nah, man, I don't, I don't think they are onto me at all or have any fucking idea who I am. Think again, man. Yeah, think again. Because, I mean – He's probably even more high profile than this 14-year-old. He's got skateboard decks in shops across the globe with Monsanto kills on him. <laughs> he sure does. And he's got he's fighting the good fight. Tens of th- 40, 50,000 people on at least Instagram paying attention. Yep. They know. They, they've got him. They probably think he's not as credible a threat as this. this um, as a, as con- a 14-year-old? 14-year-old girl who's... <laughs> much more conventional in appearance and lifestyle, I would imagine. But um, See, I think right now, Fulta, since he's kind of cloaked anyway, he's uh, redoing his image. He's going to try and infiltrate, infiltrate the, uh, the pro skateboarding circuit. He's going to take a, try and, uh, you know, saddle up next or saddle up next to Spencer and supplant him. Ooh, usurper. Yeah. While Spence heals. Yeah. <laughs> Fulta steps in. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that'd be funny. Watch your back. Quite literally. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good luck, Spencer. I think he's getting better. There's little glimmers of hope in if you try to parse his social media. It's like occasionally he's on a skateboard. I think so. Yeah, it looks like he's warming up again. He's Hopefully that's going back. well. Yeah, he'll be back. Back pain sucks. Oh, but we'll get to that first. We got to smell the beans. Yep. Oh, I just took a drink of coffee, too. Uh, Could the kind of coffee you drink affect your brain function? New study (laughs) says yes. By Audrey Akasu. This is uh, (laughs) rocketnews24.com. was a hell of a piece of of writing. I encourage you to check it out. (laughs) It's kind of a piece of shit. But uh, recent studies in Japan found that the smell of certain types of coffee beans increased the alpha waves in the brain. Relaxation ensued for those who smelled Guatemalan and Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. The studies also found that roast matters too. Dark roasts have a more stable effect compared to medium roasts. If you want to focus, however, better stick to Brazilian Santos, Hawaiian Kona, and Sumatra beans. So there you have it. Do you know what kind of beans you're drinking? They're from Thailand, I think. They're uh, Allegro beans, roasted probably in the Highlands neighborhood of Denver. 
I just visited their new outpost. Uh, I guess it would have been December 26th. Wait, Allegro, the Whole Foods brand? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Allegro coffee roasters up in Highlands. Yeah, I think it is. I think I think that's their house brand, Allegro. Huh. Well, what the hell? You don't know if that's – are you relaxing or focusing with that particular bean? It's not on the list. Mm, I feel pretty even keel right now. I added a little bit of that uh, nice liqueur that we enjoyed last time. What are you doing over there? What's that? I said, what are you doing over there? Sitting on the floor. Drinking, drinking coffee liqueurs in a, on a midday, midweek. Just a splash. You and Rita Hayworth. God. I'm folding laundry, too. <laughs> Even better. Bacon cookies for the kids. In your Lululemons? Yeah, man. I'm doing some crazy shit over here. I gotta tell you. <laughs> we got it all going on. Woo! Things get a little weird when you're partially unemployed. <laughs> oh, that's quite a... I'm not sure what other boxes you could check. <laughs> How about um, I'm creating boxes that you know hadn't previously existed, basically. Well, uh, maybe yeah, a couple more hours if you break out some uh, a nice refrigerated Chardonnay. No, I'm not going to drink anymore today. I'm just I'm oh, just saying that'd be more. Just, oh, I that's see. Your, that's just your lifestyle, right? Stick with the theme. Drink, drink some. Uh, have some porch pounder. Some, some, and I'm then sh- I'm going to shard the dirt, hard. Then go to bed with a dirty lemon. Oh, if only I had a dirty lemon. I know. I miss those. God, those tasted good, didn't if they? If only I had a dirty lemon with me now. Oof, that sounds bad. Uh, I'm not even sure why I put this coffee smelling article on here. Oh, I think I know why. Because the other the other uh, thing that seems to work, I mean, if you think about it, I, I can't grind coffee without immediately feeling like I have to go to the bathroom. And my, my oldest son, whenever he's sitting on the toilet and is constipated, he yells for me to bring him a coffee bean. What? So then he'll like sit there and sniff a coffee Whoa. bean. No, neither of these things are commonplace in humanity. What do you mean? Coffee is like a, a, yeah, a, a I diuretic? Yeah, I don't have to go to the bathroom as soon as I smell coffee. You poor soul. <laughs> How do you even do know have... you're alive? Constipated kids calling for coffee beans from the bathroom. <laughs> what is that? Coffee bean! Well, you know what? It seems to work Dad! for him. Dad! It seems to work for him, which brings us to our last article, which is... But pl- what does he do? Does he, does he placebo suck Jackson. on it? Or does he just smell it? What does he do? He just holds it between his fingers and sniffs it. Okay. Well, enough said. I imagine trying to push out a turd, man. Enough said. The most notable medical findings of 2015, Jerome Groupman. I am all about Jerome Groupman now. This was quite a find you made here. I know. I like Jerome Groupman. Whew. This is in the New Yorker. Uh, but since we closed the last story with a, a placebo-esque a thread, well, let let, me... let's pick it up, uh, all right. one of his discoveries. You're going to skip about, you're going to skip the Zika virus? Cause we'll that's jump back too. to that one. <laughs> all right. I'm saying we'll do placebo first. Please do. You the go power ahead. of placebo. So I'm just reading from Jerome's writing here. I am fascinated by the placebo effect for both personal and professional reasons. Having suffered a failed back surgery, I spent many years with lumbar pain. Part of my experience was to see how interactions with skilled rehabil- rehabilitation professionals, even before any physical intervention, relieve some of my suffering. Ted Kapchuk is a pioneer 
in elucidating the placebo effect, acting as a nodal point among researchers ranging from anthropology to genomics. This year, he and his colleagues published a paper that highlights how people may be genetically predisposed to or resistant to the placebo effect. The relevant genes govern molecules that shape our moods and goal-driven behaviors. So see, this right here says to me that, uh, that I am someone who is genetically predisposed to the placebo effect. Because when I smell the coffee beans, I, my bowels stir. Whereas you <laughs> seem right. to, to uh, be wired against it. So why don't you have the fucking back pain? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I guess I have slightly more steely abs than you. No, I would, wouldn't wish it on anybody. Because it's, it it's all about a, a core, a core strength, right? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a double whammy when, you've, when you suffer the back injury, but then you are not responsive to the placebo effects. Mm. And then you're like, holy, I can't get out. I can't get out. I'm stuck. I wonder if you could train yourself to become responsive to the placebo effect by doing this uh, every morning as you sit down to use the toilet. Inhale, just be sniffing coffee grounds. I think you should start with grounds. Just get a fistful of grounds and just. (sighs) 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 Why don't I make it? I think I should make it something completely just out of left field. Forget the coffee. Make it like. uh, Mm. Then every every time I. Yeah. Yeah. And then every time I would smell it throughout my life, I'd be like, oh. Yeah. Or, you know, essential oils. Uh, you could just you could pick a, an essential oil that you really, yeah. you know, like a like tea tree oil or something, and just dab it under your nose every time you're going to take a dump. But what's something that you smell all the time, just like multiple times every day? Probably something out of the fridge. Groin uh, sweat. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. I don't smell that most days. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What would I'm just thinking of something? This is I'm, I'm creating like a Adam Sandler sitcom or sitcom bad bad comedic film. Oh, I uh, see. So he's a guy who yeah. every time he smells uh, a banana, you say smells banana, he's got to take a crazy like, ah, shits his pants. I see. I see. In this day and age, maybe it's every time he sees the word gluten free. Oh, there you go. His Even bowels better. just like go haywire. Well, I believe this wholeheartedly. This placebo effect. And I, what's fascinating, because if I'm reading between the lines, uh, Dr. Groupman, I think he's a doctor. He runs a lab. Um, you should read, it's linked in that story. You should read his, uh, his back surgery tale. Oy. Um, Yikes. I did not read that. <laughs> maybe you don't want to read that. I read it. Um, look at this. Part, I, he, he was studying his interactions with skilled rehabilitation professionals even before they intervened to relieve his suffering. I've noticed that. I've been to many professionals, and the more competent I think they are, the better I end up feeling, regardless so, of what they do. Well, see, so maybe you do. You are mildly responsive to the placebo effect. Oh, God. I hope so. But I, I would, piece, I would see responsiveness to the placebo effect as uh, an evolutionary advantage mm. because it proves that – because, I mean, basically the placebo effect kind of proves that mind over matter is a real thing. Like if you believe it – you can, if, if you believe something in your mind, you can actually manifest a physical reaction. So, you know, I was actually talking to a, a pharmacist the other day, I think. I think he's a pharmacist. But we were just talking about placebos. And he, and he <laughs> filling was like... All, fill, filling all your scripts? No, it was a, a dad from Park Hill Elementary. Oh. And we, I don't remember how we got onto the subject. But we were just talking about alternative medicine. And 
you know, he was kind of like, yeah, man, whatever works is what people should do. Oh, totally. Well, if you read that, read the, good, well, you won't read it, but the back surgery article, the lengths people go to and, and claiming that it's more grounded in something other than a placebo effect, it's no, it's no better. It's worse. Yeah. Screw it. It's a big, bad world that we live in, Mark. So well, it helps it's to be worse. able to, you know, hijack your own, or not hijack, but uh, hoodwink your own system. Life ain't for pussies, Josh. You know what? It's fine if you want to say that, but uh, I don't use the word pussy in that manner. Because pussies, as you should very well know, uh, are, are so durable and tough. They're not weak at all. It's testicles that are weak. Life ain't for testes, I think should be. Because, I mean, what's more fragile and pathetic than a, than a nut? A nut? <laughs> Testy, I could lo- I could look at your balls with with uh, malintent, uh, and you would feel it. Yeah. There's your placebo right there. There's your placebo. If I glared right. at your nuts and just was like thinking, I'm gonna oh, kick God. him in the nuts so hard, you, your nut sack would tighten. Oh, God. I can't I can't take it. Oh. I just oh. want you to be more mindful of your language. Yeah. Colin, Colin thinks pussies. That's it's way out of line. It is out of line, except for the reasoning you gave. What do you mean? That makes total sense. It's not expected. <laughs> it's oh, just... I apologize for. You all right? All right. All right. I'm a professional. This May, a little known virus called Zika. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Zika appeared. Let's end on this one, huh? Okay. <laughs> what kind of pussy are you? Oh, <laughs> Look at how, how weak you, you are. How dare you. This Testies. May, a little-known virus called Zika appeared in... We're, we're still with Groupman, most notable medical findings of 2015. This is another finding. Yep. Zika appeared in Brazil, and it has since been detected in Colombia and Suriname. The pathogen was first discovered in 1947 in a rhesus monkey in Uganda's Zika forest. That brings up ideas, doesn't it? The virus belongs to the family Flaviviridae, 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 which also includes dengue and yellow fever. Zika infections often require hospitalization, and some people have suffered from Guillain-Barre syndrome, in which the body's immune system attacks the nerves. That's back pain. It has been difficult to control the mosquitoes that carry Zika with insecticides, but scientists may be able to use (gasps) CRISPR. Second time for the sound effect. A gene editing tool to breed sterile males. Bring it on. CRISPR. I don't, we, this may just become a CRISPR cast before. I know, look at that. You know? Oh, wait, I dropped, I totally dropped the mic. Damn. I ha- oh, shit. <laughs> All right, hold on. Wow, did this just happen? <laughs> yeah, I just threw or down Or has it been the, half the podcast has been on the floor? <laughs> I know, I just threw down the phone. Sorry about that. All right. I just wanted to get another sound cue in there. Two two times we get the CRISPR sound cue. So you didn't really care about that finding. You were just right. hungry for another CRISPR cue. Well, you'll probably start hearing about Zika. It'll be on the news at some point. Deadly new fever. <laughs> my, my feeling is that uh, if CRISPR could somehow alter 
human DNA in some way that had a 50% chance of wiping out all life on the planet, but had a 100% chance of curing your back pain, you'd be all for it. <laughs> Damn straight I would. <laughs> I, I, maybe that is the subtext. Maybe I'm like natural medicine ain't going to cut it anymore. I got to go in on the, on the food tech or yep. the, sli- the tech. Natural tech. medicine won't work. No. Traditional Western medicine isn't good enough. You need future meds. You need food tech meds. I think no. I think I know it's a it's a blend. It's just managing it. It's placebo. It's mind. It's nature. Natural medicine. Because these other all they got right now is surgery, and that's no good, buddy. Woo no no. That's the way I like it. And I don't want to live forever. Well, see how I quoted Lemmy there at the end. Especially if you're racked with back pain. Then you really don't want to live your <laughs> you really like, Well, death is the reward. <laughs> yeah. One day. One day this will be over. Yeah. <laughs> day I won't need these stupid back muscles anymore. Uh, no, my All right, we did it. What's no, up? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to talk about my back. It's been sore, but. Give me a break. Yeah. Your back pain always puts my back pain in perspective. So. <laughs> It'll put you to shame. <laughs> At least I know this probably won't hurt you wanna, a couple of days. If you want to hear somebody somebody use the word pussy? <laughs> yeah. You have the right. Excuse me, testy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be such a testy dude. Don't be such a testy. Let's don't do be, it. Let's change culture. That's it. We need to come up with a whole social media marketing campaign, like somehow replacing the, the, that word with the other word. Yeah, I think so. It's, Maybe it's, there's some way you could get like a, a – it could the, the feminist movement could embrace it. Well, definitely because yeah, – uh, like screw you for – It's just about, another example of, of women being uh, stereotyped as weak or whatever, which is just – it's nonsense. Mm. Utter nonsense. <laughs> oh, it's funny to you? Funny to you? <laughs> oh, no, you don't I agree. agree. <laughs> I'm like, what, where's that conversation going to go? Well, I think they might be a little bit weak, hmm? Well, I mean, they're weak in the way that all humanity is weak. Very fragile. But uh, as far as like, we the weaker have, sex, uh, no. I think males are probably the weaker sex overall. They are crybabies. What's that? Bunch of crybabies. Well, yeah, we can't, we can't reproduce. I mean, we can't recreate life. We can't push it out of us, so, you know. All we, we do have. Do, all we can do is jizz little bits of stardust. Where's that going to get you? Yep, there you go. Why even try to <laughs> comment? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we did that one too. You think let's we're done? Peop- let's give them what they want with the uh, the bl- the black velvet band. And now, yeah, and now for the your black listening velvet. pleasure, the black velvet band covering Motorhead's Ace of Spades.
Singing that song. A little motorhead for you.